evening. Good evening, everyone. Um, thank you all for tuning in. This is my father and me with Sarah Grace, that's me, and my father, Bishop Wesley Bell. Tonight, we have a special guest. We actually have an author of the book that we have been discussing for weeks now, and we are blessed to finally have him here. Um, like we always do, I will start off with a prayer. Father God, we thank you. We bless your name, Father. We glorify you above all. We thank you right now for allowing us to come together and and just sup to eat of your word, to acknowledge who you are, to gain foundation and revelation of who you are so we may know ourselves even more, Father. And we thank you for that. As we discuss, um, <clears throat> as we discuss the things that are of you, Father, we ask that uh, you you bring us revelation that we need to understand in our daily lives to help us build and to grow, to enlighten us and to empower us. And we thank you for this. Just make your presence known tonight. Bless the ears that are listening, touch their lives in a magnificent way, whatever it is that you have called them to tune in. Um, allow them to know that you are there comforting them, providing for them and that you see all and that you are there, Father. In Jesus' name, we praise you and we thank you. Amen. 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 Right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, like I said, we actually have a special guest here. This is Archbishop Kirby Clement Sr. Um, he is the senior pastor of the Community of the Holy Spirit and the co-founder of the International Connection of Ministries. For 30 years, he served as a pastor and presided over a network of churches as the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit, one of the first mega ministries in America. I actually, I do know that. <laughs> he connects churches and ministries and provides wisdom and counsel. He has ministered extensively both nationally and internationally to countries in Africa, Asia, Australia, the Caribbean, Europe, North America, and South America. Recently, he he was elected to serve as the presiding leader of the International Communion of uh, Charismatic Churches, a network of over 6,000 churches and ministries. Wow, that's amazing. Um, he has authored a number of renowned books and publications on church structure and ministry. His commission is to facilitate the effectiveness and productivity of churches, leaders, and people. In addition to these duties, Dr. Clements um, maintains a private practice in dentistry with a specialty in prothodontics. I think I knew only that part. <laughs> so all of this, I, I was sharing with him before, guys, all of this, I'm just finding out about since I found out about his book, which has, you know, just been a blessing to me altogether. Um, for those who are tuning in and you get to see the description below, there is a link that links to um, uh, the, the Community of the Holy Spirit website, which is where he sells all of his publications and his books. They, you can find them there. Also, you know, all the lessons and some of the things that I've got to actually uh, watch uh, where he teaches lives. And I think you also have a course, I believe. I saw that as well that I, I, I'll probably get into later. But uh, we welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us. 
It is such a pleasure because we have been in this. We've been diving deep and so much revelation has come um, to us and to the people who are listening. And so you've definitely been a blessing on this end and you need to know that. So thank you so much. Um, we have left off and, um, and said that we would discuss the impact of sin. So we'll just start reading from there, from that, um, from that page, you guys. <clears throat> and it reads, as for mentioned, creation is the foundation of this reality of God's sovereign rule and authority. Mankind is created in the image of God and is equipped with the capacities of rationality, creativity, righteousness, and the power to rule over created things. Mankind is not constituted to rule apart from God. In fact, the major cause of disunity, disorder, disorientation, disease, disaster, and distress in the world is due to fallen humanity seeking to govern itself without the counsel of God. After creation, Mankind forfeits the authority given and falls into judgment. This is found in Genesis chapter one through chapter three. This original disobedience to divine covenant introduces sin into the created order and that sin is comprehensive and progressive. Wow. Romans chapter five, verses 12 through 19. And so it is recorded through one through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. And by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And that is found in Romans chapter 5, verses 18 through 19. From Adam to Cain's murder, there is the progressive disorganization and disorientation of creation, attempting to exist without the government of God. For this reason, all creation groans because it is subjected to the consequences of sin. Verse, a reference verse, Romans chapter eight, verse 22. The end result of each rebellion is seen in the murder division, is seen in the murder division and wars and all the activities of Satan to deceive, kill, steal, and destroy. It is the foundation behind all efforts of annihilation of entire nations and the crimes against humanity. Hence, the cause of disorganization in the beginning is believing Satan's lie and establishing an independent government apart from God. Whew. That was a lot all in itself. <laughs> we will stop there because that was actually just the, the first paragraph. That was a lot. Um, I was sharing with my dad about how in that previous section um, you made known about the authority that is given to both humankind and to Satan mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> how that actually pushes us into this discussion right here of the impact mm -hmm. of sin and how the results of that have came to pass. If we really go and examine, you know, Genesis, um, you know, Genesis chapter one through three, we see, you know, uh, the the serpent, which is Satan at that time, the serpent with with his you know his um persuasiveness and whatever authority that God had established him in 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 his words, like he also had power of the words of persuasion that allowed us to fall short. And I think if we begin to look at um, how how Satan moves in that way, then we will see how we can also be subject to, you know, 
the disunity of what God is doing as well. We can also become like Satan, <laughs> you know? And so that impact of sin is heavy because it, it, it convinces us that we can do without God. And that's just not true. Like we can't do without the source that is. I think the classic thing is that um, the whole motive behind the concept of the kingdom of God is God as creator, organizer, and maintainer of all things. He's the one that gives job descriptions to all creation. Uh, the sun is the guardian of the day. The moon is the custodian of the night. Uh, the man and woman are given the, the authority to uh, exercise dominion, to replenish and finish the earth. And uh, he never he never makes the man and woman inferior to one another. They are co-equal, co-essential, and co-substantial. And as long as they maintain their relationship with God, then things will go well. Uh, Satan was crafty, and uh, he deceived them through three ways. Number one, by asking questions, which is what he does today. Number two, by slandering God, by saying, if God so love you, why would he allow these things to happen? And then number three mm -hmm. is by providing an alternative. Uh, mankind was never intended to operate or to live without the government of God. Never was. And uh, Satan being in the, the garden, that gives you an understanding of what true warfare is. It's not spirits getting inside of people, but it's offering doctrines mm. and uh, philosophies and all kind of publications, statistics that we have even today. So sin, to me, by definition, is when humanity acts in a way unbecoming a human. They were not constituted to sin. Sin was not in their nature. Sin is, uh, how can I say, sin is the exception to the rule. But thanks be to God, God initiates a plan of, uh, of restoration. I love how you said that. It's unbecoming of human. We like to reference God a lot in, in sin and just say, you know, it's the opposite of God's will, right? But it's the opposite of what God created in humanity as well, which is his will. So we have to allow ourselves to think, believe, transform our minds into understanding that we are his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's a beautiful way to put it. Like <laughs> whenever we sin, it's unbecoming of us. Make it personal. Sometimes we just make it about who God is and like, oh, we're sinning against God. No, you're sinning against yourself as well. Yeah. If you want to, mm -hmm. if you look at it and that's the foundation, mm -hmm. that's what he's allowed us to even have and be empowered by ourselves. So that's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Sorry, sin Bishop, I see you up there. <laughs> yeah. Sin is comprehensive. It's, uh, it affects not only the future, but all creation. It said that all creation groans, waiting to wit. So even though individual salvation may be the sin of God's will, it's not the circumference. He wants to fill mm. all things with Because women now, the ground was cursed, all the systems were, and uh, the woman was not cursed, nor either the creatures, but the Satan was. And uh, the yes. critical thing is that so when we look at... Uh, God's plan of recovery today is not just getting people saved to go to heaven. It's making people, number one, become custodians or stewards of creation. We are called to spiritually and psychologically re-engineer people and even all creation. That's it. That's good. That's good. Bishop, I see you up there. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's rich. I mean, it's, it's it's really rich what he's talking. The way he's, that's why I wanted him here. I, I mean, I know from what I read and what he would say that would put you right into the heart of the matter of what God inspired him to write this book about, you know, and he can expound and just let us know 
Pour it out, Doc. I mean, pour it out from your heart what God did to you that got you into this, you know, writing this book. Because I know the importance of kingdom. It's all about his government. And we, mm-hmm. we, we, we've been trying to run stuff that we ain't had no authority to run apart from God. We have authority in God to do it, but not outside of God. And the devil doesn't even have that authority. And he constantly perpetrates that he has it, you know, but he doesn't. He doesn't have it. And that's what yeah. it sounds like to me. You're going to it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, my, my motivation for writing this is that I firmly believe that, that how you see the kingdom of God influences the attitude and behavior of the church. Uh, that is, the kingdom is the concept that influences the operational attitude of the church. Uh, I used to be mm-hmm. concerned as to why people were concerned about getting people saved and uh, filled with the Spirit and talk about prayer, but. They would never do anything to affect our community. And that's because they saw the kingdom of God as being spiritual, heavenly, and future. Everything was about the future. It was about spiritual things. Mm. They never mm. saw that the kingdom of God that. is also present, also natural, and also earthly. It's a combination. So uh, it, it would begin to help me to understand that if I was going to uh, influence the churches, I need to uh, get them to relook at the foundation of their behavior, which is how you see the kingdom. The kingdom is the government of God. It's, uh, it speaks of uh, government, legislation, things of that nature. The church is the residential community of God. So the kingdom is in the Holy Ghost. The church is a residential community. And how you see the kingdom will influence, number one, how we deal with the world. And our biggest problem is that when Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, that put us in a slump because we thought that meant we shouldn't be involved in education or science or athletics or entertainment. That's not what he was saying. He didn't say that the kingdom, number one, is not a part of the world. What he said is that the kingdom is not controlled by the world. We are called to be in the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. We're out of the world, but yet we're sent into the world. So the reason for my writing it was to give the idea that how you look at the kingdom from its different views, it is both past, present, future, heavenly, spiritually, naturally, earthly, and heavenly. It involves people. And the kingdom of God, number one, can be expressed and demonstrated now, just not all future. So my effort in writing it was to uh, create some models of the kingdom to show that the kingdom was not the church, uh, that the kingdom is uh, not just future, it is now, and uh, that the kingdom of God can be uh, be proclaimed and demonstrated through the redeemed community. And more importantly, the power of the Holy Ghost. So that was my whole motivator for writing it. And I deal with different uh, strategies in there about it. Wow, that's powerful, uh, uh, Dr. Clifford. That is so powerful. And that's the way I see it. You, you've you been able to get me clearly mm-hmm. in sight to see that. I mean, I have a lot mm-hmm. of mentors. You know, I'm a Miles Monroe fan, so you know, and, and I definitely mm-hmm. knew Earl Pope before he left this earth, and I always listened yeah. to him. He taught well on Kingdom, too. And I mm-hmm. definitely understand the principle of kingdom. The thing is what I want us to probably talk a little bit more about is that very nature of the difference between the kingdom and the church, because I heard you say it, but I don't know if the people listening caught it because it was swiftly said and, and mm-hmm. said in a in the midst of myself and, and, and my daughter Grace, more so mm-hmm. in the comfortableness of that. But let's say, for instance, you have someone struggling with that idea 
because I think mm. that's what you're saying you desire to, to do something about. So yeah. let's, let's shoot from that. Mm -hmm. the, the kingdom preceded the church. The kingdom is the government of God. Uh, if you look at scripture from an Old Testament to a New Testament, you'll see constantly where the government of God is being influenced by the people that he uses, by the people that he assigns, by his ideas. He uses the law to reveal his concepts, his ideas, and how he wants society to be known. The church is a post-Pentecostal phenomenon. Remember now, uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. No one ever said they will build the kingdom. So the, the, you need to understand that the church is something that comes about after Pentecost. Uh, Jesus gave key, uh, Peter the keys. He said, these are the keys to the kingdom. Gospel preaching, hear me carefully, faith, repentance, deliverance, baptism and water, baptism in the Holy Ghost, and then they incorporate into the believing community. So the church and the kingdom are distinct, but they are inseparable. They're inseparable because the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. But the church is the residential community of the Holy Ghost. So when you speak of the church, you're speaking of congregations, you're speaking of worship, you're speaking of meetings. When you speak of the kingdom, you're speaking of government, legislations, and laws. So how you view the kingdom of God, how you view the rule or the involvement of God in society will influence what you do in church. So if you see everything as being future, heavenly, and spiritual, we get people saved, born again, delivered from demons to go to heaven. But if you see also the fact that the kingdom of God is also now present and earthly, you'll cause people to become stewards. They'll become people who can influence the world. So the whole idea is that Jesus preached the kingdom. The apostles preached the kingdom. The 40-day message of Jesus after the, uh, after the resurrection was the kingdom of God. So the preaching of the kingdom of God is primary. Now, you can't separate the kingdom from Jesus. Jesus is the kingdom. He's the message of the kingdom. He's the source, the identity of the kingdom. And you cannot deal with kingdom things without the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God at work in the earth today. It is the agent. The Holy Ghost is the executive community. He is the executive agent. He's the administrator, the mediator between heavenly and earthly affairs. Everything that happens down here today is done through the auspices of the Holy Ghost. And that's why we need to start talking about it more, about what it means to pray in spirit, about those nine gifts of the spirit and how the church today. We're not just called to preach, but we're called to demonstrate the supernatural power. What makes the church distinct is not its philosophy. You need to understand that Christianity without the supernatural would be just another philosophy. What distinguishes Christianity from all of the faith is not only the message, but the power dynamics of the Holy Ghost. And when we understand that, we get the kingdom right, we begin to influence the world. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 rich there. That's exactly Amen. what I, I think they, they need <laughs> to hear, Doc. That's what they need to hear. This is yeah. the language. This is the language. And to me, this is spiritual language. It's not a yeah. language yeah. earthly and sensual yeah. endeavors, you know, yeah. and the power of the word is what God gave us all. But what we have been doing is mishandling his word and misappropriating in our letting it come out of our mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, uh, you mentioned a little book. You, you mentioned a little book that I wrote called master churches. I think, uh, God is, uh, God has initiated a reformation. And uh, we, it's, we're having to relook at church. 
all too often we get so caught up with churches that have uh, large numbers of people and a lot of buildings and things of that nature. We think that they are important churches. That's not the concept. You need to understand that the effectiveness of the church has nothing to do with the eloquence of the preacher, has nothing to do with the, uh, the choirs, or has nothing to do with the number of buildings and the size of the congregation. It has to do with three things. The effectiveness of the church has to do with the privilege to get answers to prayers. The second is to receive and communicate divine information. And the third is to totally obey the Lord. So the church, the power of the church, has, cannot be measured by numbers. Church is people. It's not place. It's quality of people, not quantity of people. And that's why a lot of my pastors today, they're being, up, they're being upset because they said, well, you know, we can't meet. Well, no, the, the church is effective even when we don't come together physically in McCaffrey because its effect is based upon the fact we can communicate the thoughts and ideas of God. So when we start talking about the kingdom, we must talk about the church because the church is the agency of the kingdom. And I just want to strongly encourage my pastors out there, uh, stop diminishing themselves because they have don't have what you call, quote, a mega church. Now, when Sarah mentioned the fact that I was part of the first mega church, uh, that information is necessary because people think that, well, you don't know what it means to be a part of a mega church and, you know, 12,000 members, 24 pastors. 450 deacons and caregivers and a touch the world. I was part of it. I was not only one of the senior pastors, but I was ordained a bishop there. So I understand what it means to have a church that's identified with a place, with a quality of people. But I'm saying today, churches and ministries, God is having us to relook at our power. And our effect is based upon our message and the Holy Ghost. We got to recognize those nine gifts. There are three gifts that allow you to know, three gifts that allow you to speak, and three gifts that allow you to do. Those three that allow you to know a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits are critical because those are the things that helps us to, to say what God wants to have said and know where people are. So the church must be, number one, relooked in terms of the effect. Pastors sometimes become discouraged because they don't have hundreds of members, because they don't have a lot of buildings. But, and uh, hear me carefully. The, these churches are going to be meeting in homes and basements. My church meets in my home. Church is people, it's not place. It's quality of people, not quantity of people. When we get that in mind, we start seeing the government of God executed. Wow. You know, I, I, I know, right? I don't even know where to begin. Just to tag on to that, though, um, also understanding that, you know, the, the preacher's position is to encourage the life of stewardship. It is not for you to be so dependent on them to where you have to, you can only go to that church. Oh, I can, oh, I can, I don't know what else to do. I don't, and and when you start to look at it in the way that you say it, you have a true relationship with God. Once you begin mm -hmm. to tap into, you know, just the, mm -hmm. um, the effectiveness of your, your prayers and who the Holy Spirit is in, in relativeness to you then that's where that that's where you build that's where you build relationship and that's where the church is formed like you said in people <laughs> you're not dependent on some minister to give you life or give you food to eat it's it comes from god and that's what each minister should be doing anyway i pray that all ministers are doing that prayer you take prayer um prayer is not just the words we speak it's the words we hear uh, prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. All too often mm -hmm. when we talk about prayer, it means coming together for two hours and we do all the talking. Then we yes. get up and leave. That's the prayer. 
I say if you spend 30 minutes talking, you should spend at least 30 minutes listening. Prayers mm. uh, prayers dependent upon two things. There's something called what I call uh, divine liability and human responsibility. We have to determine what God will do and what God will not do. There are two prayers God will not answer. He'll not answer any prayer that requests him to do again what he's called finish. We have the Holy Ghost. We have power. We have an anointing. We don't have to pray for that. The second, <clears throat> he will not answer any prayer that requests him to do what he's assigned us to do. God won't do what we're doing right now. He's assigned us to do this. He won't go and treat my patients. He won't send me. He won't go to that. He sends us to do that. And so when I understood that prayer, prayer number one is a, is a, it's a dialogue, listening to God. And I've come to understand this critical thing about prayer. Um, <clears throat> when you pray in the Holy Ghost, that is something you can pray with the Spirit or pray in the Spirit. Praying in tongues is a Christian thing. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, hear me carefully, thoughts, ideas, you build up your flip, build up your spirit, you build up your faith, but also creative ideas come in because the Spirit of God can reveal ideas to us. So prayer is a tremendous power, but we have to understand prayer is not just the words we speak, it's the words we hear. If we spend 20 minutes talking, you ought to spend 20 minutes listening if you believe in a speaking God. I'm, I'm taking notes, y'all. Uh, uh, if y'all not taking notes, <laughs> this, this is, <laughs> I don't know this what y'all doing. So, this is so rich, Doc. I call you Doc. They don't know. You've been my dentist for, for 30 plus years. And you yes. been her, her dentist pretty much all her life because yeah. she wasn't even born when we first got to meet. We first met. She's just 33, I think. She, we met before I had her. She's she's number four. I think I only had the first three kids when you and I met. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but God has has done a remarkable thing in our relationship. I want people to know that this man that I'm we talking to has a very gentle technique of how he behaves as a dentist. And he's such a gentle and humble man. And for him to be here and to say the same things that you know, those who listen know that they've heard me teach and they know that's what I, I, I say all the time. What am I saying? I'm talking about what God has given me to say. That lets you know that we, in the, we come from the same kingdom. We come from mm -hmm. the same church. How many churches is it, uh, Bishop? How many churches is it? See? And I tell them all the time, oh, everybody hogging up. I, I, I don't want you to steal my members. And I, come, uh, uh, Bishop, what's, what's, how, how many shepherds really is, are there? What's Jesus. Yeah. The rest of us just hirelings. We need to stay in our place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, That's a fact. Man, this, that stuff is, this stuff is rich. I love it. Go ahead, that's the challenge that we faced. Uh, when I came to the ministry, that was a thought that came to my mind. Uh, many times people get excited if they are speaking to thousands of people. Uh, they, you know, they want to show or demonstrate whatever it is. But the Lord said to me, if you were, if you would speak to one, just like you're speaking to a thousand, you speak to a thousand, just like you're speaking to one. He says, uh, don't ever be impressed by the audience or anything. Uh, he said, when you preach, uh, Preaching to me is a conversation. It's like we're talking right now. I'm, I'm, thoughts are coming to my mind, things that God wants to say. And uh, my preaching, many times I touch a lot of different areas. And uh, I found out that um, the critical thing to understand is that uh, they're not my people. They're not me. I don't own anyone. 
on anyone. I have, uh, I've tried to say to pastors, and this sounds strange, they ask me to stop saying this. We often get excited when people join our ministry and we get sad when they leave. I said, you've had it in reverse. You should become a little concerned when they join because that's when your work starts. Many times they come in with uh, uh, preconcepts and ideas and perspectives and views. You have to teach and train them. And when they leave, you can simply say that my task is done. That my task is done. It's time for them to go now. So I say, don't get so excited when they join and don't be sad when they leave. And then McCaffrey, uh, remember, they're not your people. They're not your people. So uh, I think understanding the kingdom helped us to get a proper concept of how we should behave. And that's why, uh, uh, Bishop Bell, that's why I'm still in dentistry. Because when I first came into the ministry, they wanted me to resign my practice because they had a concept of faith that if you were full-time ministry, you couldn't, I couldn't be in dentistry. And when we start preaching on the kingdom, when I saw that our field is the world, we should go into the world. If we're going to be salt and be light, I couldn't do that if I was sitting behind a desk. And so the fact that I stayed in dentistry and that I'm in full-time ministry, hear me carefully, is a thing that's, uh, that's because of the preaching of the kingdom. It refocuses us. That is so Amen. That is I know, um, I know, um, as you were speaking, um, it just all it just all came back to me as confirmation. The reason in in me just beginning this podcast, like um, I was so far from being someone who was you know ministering or anything. Let me just let you know that I I was adamant about not being a minister <laughs> because I was raised with ministers. My my mom is a pastor. My father is a bishop. I was just like you know it's not for me. I already knew it. I knew the life. I was raised in it and I was like, you know, God, yeah, you know, I just, how can I be that person that speaks about such a, a great and all consuming, this powerful being and I'm just this human. And it, and when I was going through my illness, that was actually something that he spoke to me and the reason why I'm, and I'm trying not to cry right now, y'all, because that's exactly what um, I heard as well as revelation on what I should do next because I was focused on becoming a doctor. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I studied neuroscience, I studied the brain. And I actually um, practiced as a first assist in surgery. And so um, going going from that and now into, you know, this, this new walk, I was asking all the questions, you know, my nerves were off the chain. <laughs> And my anxiety was high level. And I was like, God, how are you going to push me into this? What am I going to do? How am I supposed to do this? And he simply told me, speak to my people like you're speaking to the one, like I spoke to you. Yeah. And you saying that mm -hmm. <laughs> just brought it all back that, that day and that moment and that night when I was like going through the worst pain ever. And God was speaking that to me. Um, you saying what you just said just then it's the exact same like <laughs> that is all that I was I'm called to do speak to mm -hmm. that one because that one mm -hmm. is who he's calling that one is the church mm -hmm. the one and only church <laughs> yeah. and yeah. um not to get overwhelmed in so many so many emotions right now y'all um mm -hmm. because I don't I'm not a public person. I'm very shy. I'm very reserved into myself. And that was another fear that I had. And he was like, it's just me and you. Mm -hmm. Let them know about how you love me. 
mm-hmm. and how <laughs> you know I love you. That that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's where mm-hmm. we're coming from. It really is just that simple. And we make it more complex, but <laughs> it's really just that the foundation of it comes from just the love that he has. And I think when we look at it, even just in that context, we begin to see the foundation unfold before us and understand our position. And we don't doubt that no longer. Mm-hmm. I think that's where most of it comes from. We begin to doubt our position as well. Mm-hmm. And reasons why we cling to so many words of so many ministers because we doubt something within ourselves from believing the lie, <laughs> believing Satan's lie, because it still happens to this day. You know, what happened in, in Genesis still happens today. And it's like a repeated version, more evolved in, in a sense, because we're dealing with different things that Adam and Eve had to deal with, but it's still the same, believing Satan's lie, that we are not of authority, that we're not of inheritance. Yeah, so we have to walk boldly in, in what God has given us. Sorry, Bishop, I know you started talking. I had cut him off. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I, I respect the spirit. I'm going to do anything at all. I'm going to respect the spirit of God. You know, um, even though we have a certain amount of control over how the spirit is moving, we don't grieve it. Or quench it. That's the key. Uh, spiritual gifts are important if they're used properly. And those are the things, the only things that perfects the saints for the work of the ministry. The fivefold gifts. The ninefold is what strengthens the fivefold. Without the ninefold, you're not even a child. You know, you you haven't even understood surrendering as a child to the father. You know, uh, it's some powerful stuff in understanding the spiritual gifts. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, we we have to understand that you can't wait till you leave here to use the spiritual gifts. Because yeah, as far as yeah. I've been told, and I could be wrong. You can correct me if you think, think I'm wrong, Doc. Um, spiritual gifts were given for this earth. It's not something that we need when we leave here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the church. It's given for us to be the church. We Mm -hmm. be in the church individually. We need all of those gifts operating in us. That doesn't mean we have to be a specific calling of each one of those gifts. But those gifts, every one of them have to operate in us to make us become the whole man that God yeah. has called the church to yeah. be individually and collectively. Yes. Yes. With that in with that in mind, I wanted to I keep jumping off forgetting to ask this question now. <laughs> Try to get back yeah. into the because we like I said we're gonna wind up talking about that master church as far as over with because I really <laughs> appreciate you being here with us. I hope that you don't run away and don't want to come back. I know you're a busy man. I know you're going to do whatever God say. And I and I just thank God for letting you be with us, allowing you to be, have the time. And because he had to make the time for you in order for it to manifest. And yeah. he had to nudge me to get out of my lackadaisy spirit, to quit not getting hold to you to, to talk about it, you know. But at any rate, <clears throat> the one of the, because I had two of them, one of them was the, 
the that the lie I call it of separating church from state and mm. the uh, well, go ahead and start with that, and then maybe I I'll get back in my my mind because there's so much I'm I'm just getting full as I'm listening to how God is using this right now, man. It's blowing me away. I'm sitting here mm. enjoying. I'm, I'm my cup runneth over, and I thank God for it. Take it from now on the separating church from state type behavior. What do you see that in reference to the kingdom principles of what you have in the book? In 1986 and 87, my wife Sandra and I went to South Africa during the apartheid regime. And uh, we were invited by the largest Pentecostal organization there. As you know, the country was divided into black, colored, Indian, and Africana. And we were the first uh, Afro-Americans to be invited to speak to uh, a gathering of all of those groups. And uh, when I got there, I noticed that the church was um, was restricted by its doctrine. It had a concept of the kingdom of God, that it was all future, heavenly, and spiritual. So they felt that the uh, the kingdom was not of this world. So the church shouldn't be concerned about political issues or state issues, or it shouldn't speak to the problem we're having. And I discovered that their reticence, their restriction was a doctrinal problem. The idea that God can only speak to religious matters is a, is a lie of, a, I won't call it a lie of the devil, but it's a misinterpretation. Because, see, the earth is the Lord and all of his fullness. God has something to say about every system of this world. You need to stand. He, when he, and in creation, he told them to occupy, replenish the earth and import or export the knowledge of God throughout every, and says, he said, create civilizations. I want you to create cultures. And I don't ever want you to divorce my will, my purpose, my priorities, my objectives from any area in the sphere of life. When I went to South Africa, if you became born again, you were an athlete, you had to quit, uh, you, you had to leave the athletics. They had outstanding leaders who were physicians and uh, professional people. They told them they had to give up their profession in order to go into ministry. What they were doing they were separating the government of God into a little sphere. When you speak of the separation of church and state, it is a false concept that, number one, that God cannot be allowed to speak or that the church as leaders cannot be allowed to speak the government of God into system. There's no such thing. Now, here's the problem. The fact that the, the, church, the government felt that it had a right to legislate against the church was the issue. They felt they had a right to determine where you can have a church, how many members you can have, when you can meet, now, that kind of thing. They started executing laws that restricted or influenced the church. Whenever they, uh, the state would give, see the church, the state should be happy there is a church because it's through the church that the restraining power of God is made known. If that was not a church in a community, all hell would break loose. You have all kind of unrighteousness, ungodliness. So the state ought to, believe it or not, ought to give money. In fact, the, church, the state ought to pay tithes, to be honest with you. That's what they need to do. Because if it were not for the church, the world would be over, overcome with evil. The power of the Holy Spirit working to restrain evil is through the redeemed community. So the, 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 the state does not have a right to legislate the activity or to, to restrict the church in any kind of way. Like right now, they're trying to legislate laws as to what you can say, the language that you speak and things that they're out of their borders. They have no right to do that. But the church has the right to speak. We're not politician. We're not politician. I have to tell preachers that sometimes. Now, you're not a politician now. One guy was about to run for office because he felt if he ran for political office, he could have influence. I said, no. 
If you run as a politician, you're going to be restricted either as a Republican or Democrat. You can only speak to a certain number of people. But if you are a preacher, you can preach to the whole world. And I say, and don't get yourself caught up into politics so that number one, I'm saying, I'm a Republican. I'm this. No, no, no. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Doesn't matter about your restraints, your restriction. As you're doing things that's in agreement with God, then I'm with you. So the idea of the separation of church and state is both sides. The church has a right to speak into every act, every activity of humanity, and that includes government, that includes entertainment, that includes um, every sphere of life. But the state does not have a right to legislate the activity of the church or to dictate what the church speaks or anything like that. I just heard a thing today that uh, Oral Roberts University um, is about to win an outstanding basketball contest. And uh, some of the political leaders are coming out and said they don't have a right to lead because they said that the church is biased. Yeah, we're biased for Jesus. We're biased for Jesus. We believe he's the only way to God. And uh, so that separation of church and state means that uh, it's the state that crosses its boundaries. And that's because of doctrine, but it's because of sin. Any doctrine that wants to include Jesus is the money. Anytime people manipulate the scriptures to hinder the church, to suppress the ministry of the Holy Spirit, they're trying to validate their immorality and unethical behavior. That's what it is. So the idea of the separation of church and state, people forget the history behind that. The history was that we were saying to the state, hey, you can't tell us what to do, when to meet, how many people they have. But we have, as a redeemed community, to speak to you. Hear me carefully. Always. Because there is a, 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 a position of citizenship or being a part of their, their community that yeah. makes them beholden to do what we need because yeah. we are a part of them. But if they're not a part of what we are doing, they don't have no rights to what we are doing. They, right. they, they, it's right. the same concept of what they're talking about as far as state is concerned. But we automatically are part of state if we in their soil, we are living in their land. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's, and it's encompassed. Mm -hmm. Now, only way we change that is they separate us as, as state-wise. And they say we got only this area. Then that makes that's when you got all these different kingdoms. But the thing mm -hmm. is, we know, uh, Doc and uh, Bishop, we know this, you and I, from teaching of the kingdom, that no matter how much mankind tries to enforce their rights in their worldly kingdoms, God's kingdom is still superior and God's yeah. kingdom is still going to be done. That's yeah. why I like your book, Thy Kingdom yeah. Come, Thy Will Be come. Done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't restrict, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Him. he's all powerful, uh, there's no wisdom, no counsel against him, you know what I mean, <laughs> there's no government, uh, I like when he was speaking to, uh, he was speaking to his servant, he said, where were you when I created the heavens, <laughs> where were you when I taught the eagles to fly, when I caused uh, water to turn into ice, <laughs> he says, when you can answer that question, then you can instruct me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I wanted to say this, if I could, uh, to Sarah. Uh, Sarah, you, you are a multi-gifted person. God has gifted you with tremendous abilities, creativity, 
is a part of your nature. God has given you tremendous creativity and innovative, and you've gotten past the, the, the places of self-doubt. That's no longer there. Uh, you're a very confident young woman, and God is bringing to it, and you're about to enter totally into the spirit. Because of your different gifting, I promise you, God is opening doors for you. Do you even express the talents, the gifts, and the skills and the ability? The most beautiful thing that you did was you recognize him as God, and you accepted the fact that he was the one that uh, ran your life. When you did that, hey, the heavens are open, I promise you. Uh, you have the favor of God, my dear sister, the favor of God. And the favor of God, uh, I will quote David now, Psalms 41, 11. When you have the favor of God, nothing that comes against you will ever have victory over you. Nothing, nothing, no one. God's favor will always be there. So I want to commend you for the gifts, and I want to commend the Lord for your father who birthed this whole idea that there's a God, and there's a God who reigns, there's a God who involved in all of the earth. I've known him for over 35 years, I have, and I've always known him and his wife as people of God. So I want to thank God that he is uh, from your seed, Bishop Westerbell, <laughs> from your seed. He's raised up righteous seeds. To bless his earth. And that's how the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. It'll be filled through the seeds that we birth, we plant, and we sow. I just want to say that to you. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm, I, y'all, I'm, I'm, I am trying to hold back <laughs> all the tears. But uh, yes, no, I praise God for, for you sharing that. No, that's, wow. that's definitely a blessing because of, um, you know, just uh, the many of prayers, the many of prayers that have got me to this point. And I'm sure my dad can testify as well. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad just to be in this position and um, to be in recognition of who God is over my life. Just period. Yeah. God is, uh, I'm, 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 I'm proud father of, with grace and I'm proud of all my kids, but you know, yeah, and I know Doc, yeah. you you got some fantastic kids too. And uh God, I know your grandkids are, are, are coming the same way, I'm sure. And uh yeah. it's just God is awesome, you know. We thank mm -hmm. God for you being here with us, and I just hope this won't be your only time. Uh I, I want you back. I want you back because I'm enjoying this and I hope you are enjoying it as much as uh -huh. we are because uh -huh. it's a lot of people that are listening. They, they don't have the questions because I believe they are understanding things better than they have understood before. You see what I'm saying? But then you'll see a few that are later on after it soaks, they have popped questions like what uh, Grace is saying. They have hit us up later with questions. And I'm sure you've probably shared with some that you were going to be here tonight and some of them might have yeah. uh, peeked in on it. And, uh, Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they may have some questions, you know, yeah, it, it, sure. that's how God moves. I love it. I love the way you're taking us down this journey, uh, Doc, with this, this, this the idea of the true understanding how and what the church looks like and what the kingdom of God looks like. Yeah, and so yeah. many times we, we, we mix them so much. We don't know mm -hmm. the difference in the position of authority that both has, yeah, yeah. you know. And those are the things that I want the people of God to really get clear on. Um, it's like we were talking about getting saved is just the beginning of the understanding of it. You know, just yeah. to get to give Christ your life. It's 
just the beginning of it. I mean, it, it and 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 they like it or not, it's the beginning of your suffering. We think yeah. we've been to have a party, yeah. but it's the beginning of it your is. suffering. And and that's mm-hmm. the struggle that that we have to teach people through. See, but they don't understand mm-hmm. the suffering is not terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. Suffering is what helps you learn to obey. Oh, yeah. We learn learn obedience by the thing we suffer. We sometimes don't suffer enough when you can tell when we suffer enough because we learn to obey God. But when we ain't mm-hmm. obeying God, proof the proof in that is we ain't suffered enough in that area. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so you just gonna mm-hmm. you gonna keep going through that until you get tired. It says uh, uh, what it says. Uh, 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 how, how it go? Uh, I done had enough of that, and I'm ready mm-hmm. to make the change. Because until yeah. you make that decision and that transformation mm-hmm. takes on in your mind, then you are not truly conforming to the world. Then you're being transformed mm-hmm. by the renewing of your mind. So you can really prove what he is, the good, acceptable, and perfect. Mm-hmm. I thank mm-hmm. God for you being here with us. Uh, anything else you want to say in closing and share with them, uh, Doc? Because I, oh, I yes. think we, I don't know whether she wants to continue, but I know we cut. <laughs> I did. We, I did want to say one more thing, just because you sparked something in me, though, when you talked about suffering, because I think we get the two confused: suffering and punishment. And the beautiful thing about you know, the suffering is there's an elevation that comes with it. Like you said, there's a lesson learned. There's a, there's a, um, there's a push, uh, like a pushing of propelling us into this new found being that we were always called to be when we began to understand what suffering represents. And I think we're so afraid of it because we think of it as punishment. And if it was punishment, then we would just be condemned to hell. We would have no more life. So in suffering, I am glad and I glorify God because I'm still going through the process of becoming, you know, of being molded, shaped and formed. And so I find joy within the suffering. And I think um, we can break that down on another day. But yeah, <laughs> if you have any closing remarks, uh, Bishop, well, Archbishop, I want to say uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for this uh, this format, and uh, that uh, you all have uh, obeyed the Lord and to um, to take the gifts and abilities and the skills He's put within you to uh, expose this. Uh, this is how the, the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The glory of God is the visible manifestation of the invisible attributes of God, whatever he is, and as vast as his healer, deliverer, provider, guide, uh, that has to be made known. And is made known through what you're doing right here. And so I'm just grateful for the privilege to, to share and uh, to, uh, to sense what I sense in you. And uh, my prayer is that uh, God will continue to give you the favor, and I know he will, he already has, the favor and the grace and the wisdom. To answer critical questions, people are in perplexity now. They need answers. They really need answers, answers about this pandemic. Um, there are a lot of conspiracy theories. Uh, people are blaming God. Some people, are, it's, it's all the devil. Uh, they have a vaccination, and people are confused as to whether they should take it or not take it. And uh, some people are, some people have felt that when, um, when we had to, the restraints of the mask and the distancing and the quarantine, they felt that I'm not going to do that because I'm going to have faith. And I said, now, you need to understand uh, the 10th gift of the Holy Ghost is common sense. It's the 10th gift. And uh, we have to understand 
that the pandemic <laughs> must be understood from a scientific perspective. <laughs> a scientific perspective must be understood from a spiritual perspective as well as a sociological. And we cannot negate the science. And so I'm thankful that you all have been given a, an opportunity of the Spirit of God to answer people's questions, to give them some insight, because rebellion is disobedience with knowledge. Uh, ignorance is different. When you give people information, you take them from ignorance to knowledge. So I'm grateful. I'm thankful for it. And uh, I definitely would uh, uh, like to uh, come back when it's time. You think it's good and, uh, you know, schedules and all. And just for the premise. I want to thank God, but I want to thank you all for your obedience. Thank you much. You are welcome. Thank you. I wouldn't I don't even know. <laughs> I've been blessed so much tonight. Um Bishop, you want to say something else? Like no, I, no, I, I know I, you I'm, I'm like you. I'm like you. I'm, I'm so I, yeah, I'm full too. <laughs> hey, 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 Doc. And and you know what I love about you, Doc, is, is I'm gonna say it straight out in front of everybody is that you're such a humble man of God, you know? Mm -hmm. I, this this character that you all see him on screen now is his character 24-7. This man has been like this ever since I've known him. <laughs> he is just that, as, 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 as the people of the day would say, he's just that cool. You know, <laughs> I go to his office and we working on my teeth and stuff. Doc, Doc start saying little jokes and he, he and I start speaking spiritual jokes and we'll be joking for his own way. We'll be laughing and just having a good time. And I can't even half give, get him to work on my mouth. I'm, I'm so busy enjoying talking with him and laughing. <laughs> you say, well, let me, let me just open your mouth. <laughs> I be so caught up, I forget that I, I'm still, I'm there working on my teeth. <laughs> yeah, but we we'll, we'll get back on that too, Doc. For us over because I need to get back to you. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, we praise God for all those who are tuning in. Um, we pray that you're truly being blessed by this episode. And um, peace. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night, Doc. Good night. Good night.